So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is our continuing series on Halloween Horror Nights 21. Tonight we're going to be discussing the houses. I am Matt, and of course I'm not alone. This episode I'm joined by my co-host Karen. Hello. And Quint. Hello. Okay, so before we get into it, we'll do kind of like a little, just a little bit of a recap slash preamble about the houses. We kind of did our overall what your what Quint's first experience at Halloween Horror Nights 21 was. So a little of this is going to be a repeat, but it leads into a couple questions that are saving for the houses. So first of all, as we discussed and told the story last episode, this is the first year I had gotten Express Pass, and of course, first year Quint has gotten it as well. And as we're going to learn as we go out through this episode, worth every single penny. And oh, hell yes. Ever since. <laughs> yes. So... What I wanted to talk about was we now, again, without going through the whole story, we got our express pass. We finally had gotten a beer. We started to walk around. We didn't go right to the houses. We did like a good third of the park before we got into the houses. So now at this point, before we walk into any of the haunted houses, any of the mazes, whatever term you prefer, and you've gotten kind of acclimated to everything, you've gotten the, you certainly gotten the atmosphere. That was that, that. Now you know mm, the entire definitely. park has changed. You we've gone through a couple of scare zones before we get to our first house. Now that you've seen what they are doing in terms of the event, what are you expecting before you walk into that very first haunted house? You know, honestly, I still wasn't expecting a whole lot more than than you know your your souped up sort of of local Halloween haunt sort of place. I. I didn't have any idea what to expect. I just, I mean, when I saw they were using the streets and they had cars on fire and stuff, I'm like, okay, but yeah, but what can you really do in a, you know, in a, in a building or in a maze or, you know, a house, whatever. Eh, okay, whatever. Um, I was already having a good time. I already had beer. So it, it would, the event was already fun for me. Um, and I think we were walking along past, past the Jaws queue, right? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if, yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, to get to our first this was, house, we'd have to get to the Jaws. Absolutely have to get to the Jaws queue, yes. Yeah, and and you were like, oh, Saws and Steam, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And that's the first time we we realized how useful the the <laughs> Express Pass was. Sort of, yes. I mean, we. I think I think the... the, the it was still early, though. Yeah, the period on that, or the exclamation point, better said, comes up later. But this was mm. this was true because because the Jaws Q back in the day it was the uh, it was actually there was a house built around the Q and much like now Express and regular line are two separate lines so we walked by we we, we walked we walked by I'm bored at this episode we walked <laughs> by some people but not as many we couldn't see as many people as we could later and that will become 
That's evident true. in one story. But yeah, but we did absolutely. We could not miss the fact that we just walked about, walked by, did it again. We walked by everybody this in the regular life. Awesome. I know, right? I haven't, I just <laughs> took my first sip while Quinn was talking. That is all I drank so far. So we, we already got an idea of how valuable Express Pass is when you are budgeting your time because we are already had a late start and. Mm-hmm. Now we, yeah. Now we knew we we made the right choice. It was money well spent. Yeah, it was. It was the right. Well, it was a late start. Plus, every school had dumped their kids <laughs> off at the park that's that a, day. That's a great way to say it because that's pretty much what happened. So yeah, then we went into saws and steam, and yeah. So all right, <laughs> let's get into the houses because that is. That is a hell of a start for your me not knowing. I hadn't gone yet. This is also, I don't know if I mentioned it in the first episode of this series or not, but this was also my first night at 21 that year as well. It was early October. I typically yeah. had, apart from employee preview, which I didn't go that year. You want to hear that story? That's like five <laughs> episodes behind. Um, so uh, it was early October. I hadn't gone yet. I didn't realize what was in this house. I mean, I knew the story. But I did not know what was in this house. And, well, and you had been through the scare zone, right? Yes, yes. But the scare but zone. That's a different experience. Yes, like that's a exactly. different experience than this maze. Well, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and so the story of this maze is actually, uh, it's a fairly simple story. I mean, it's a, it's a steampunk sort of era where they don't have any water. So what they're doing is they're using blood to power all of their machines, all of their steam machines. Yep. And, you know, you know, uh, can't use like cow blood or anything you gotta power this shit by human blood because well you know humans are easier to breed than cows you know what that's, um, a, that's a question anyone could have asked and prevented a whole lot of massacre now that i didn't realize that why couldn't you it was just liquid it was steam powered it could have been cow's blood yeah you know <laughs> but, uh, but no it was not going to be <laughs> no definitely not um the the first impression that I have of this maze that's still in my mind because we walked I think through, we walked through one or two rooms before we got to uh, and and we've seen this this setup in many different mazes now but the the leg setup where the guy's like hacking the guy yeah. the, the person's <laughs> leg off and, the, and it's actually a character that's you know half under the table whatever and he's like screaming and and yelling and there's mist squirting off of him like like it's the blood coming at you and shit uh, and, and I was just like. Fuck, we are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Holy sheep shit. Well, the, the, um, the beginning of this tells a good story because, and like like Quinn had said, it's it's the this is the, it was it's sauce and steam into the machine. This is the machine. This is the power plant of the city, and the city was called the Horizon. So you enter the facade of a utopia, a, 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 almost an oasis in a complete. What the idea being a complete? Um, uh, what's the uh, word, what's the opposite of a utopia? Uh, oh shit! What is a Armageddon type situation. Can't think of the name. The apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. In the middle, of, in the middle of the apocalypse, in the middle of the completely destroyed world, you have this one city called the Horizon, and it's beckoning you in. I mean, there's like, there's not a Barker, but there's a like a propaganda recording constantly playing, yeah. saying, "Into the machine, become more than you thought possible. Uh, inside is your redemption." A bunch of um, yeah, propaganda. It's. It's actually delivering on its promise, but the choices of words are a little suspicious once you realize what's going on. Right. And now here's the thing. Here was this is what was fun about this in this in 
website discussions and community discussions, there was one line in that propaganda chatter that said, with your sacrifice, the pain and suffering that comes with the 31st cycle will be transformed into peace and tranquility that the horizon has waiting for you. So with that, it's, this was never confirmed to my knowledge, but the idea of 31st cycle, 31 years old, seems like this idea of sacrificing your body for the greater community is pulled directly from Logan's run because the idea of that was when you were 30 years old, you got recycled in quotes, which was cool to have such an obscure, I don't even say, I don't know if it's a reference or inspiration for this machine. If it was true, I don't know if this has ever been confirmed or not. I, I don't know if it has, but it, 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 there are definite parallels, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Karen. You might be on the age, the cusp age of not even knowing what this is. I've heard of it. I, I've seen of it, but I, I've never actually seen yeah. the movie. Yeah. It's like, it was, it was really, I'm not entirely sure you were born yet when I first saw it. <laughs> it's it's an old movie. It's it's like yeah. it's, it's along the line. It's it's when Star Trek, without a big pop culture history legend, when when Star Trek made sci fi a profitable franchise, and kind of before Star Wars like nailed what it should be to really make it an epic. This is one of those ones that movie studios put out on those coattails. So it wasn't quite Star Wars and it's a little more out there than Star Trek, but it's a cult classic if you grew up at that time. So you're a little too young for that. Uh, yeah, it's um it, it definitely was I think it was an influence, but even if it wasn't, it, the parallel was there. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was the the beginning of the house the the misleading you or giving you the false sense of security. That's the word I'm looking right. for. But then once you went around the corner, that is exactly what where Quint was like describing. This is where the bodies started to be processed, and the first thing you saw oh, were bodies on hooks, like moving. Like the, the sense was they're moving towards the processing area. There wasn't there wasn't much of a conveyor belt of any movement, but they were just kind of s- stacked up and obviously going towards somewhere. So first thing you saw was possibly your friends, maybe even your family on hooks moving towards this thing, this God knows what in this next set of rooms we're about to go through. And wasn't, wasn't there one of them that was this character? Yes. uh, Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, there was that, there was like, um, you had the processors, which were like dystopian. That's what I was looking for. Dystopian slash Armageddon type butchers basically like sci-fi dystopian butchers butchers and mixed in with you know armed security guards or maybe i guess yeah i mean blades are armed hexalls and whatnot are armed or yeah moving you along so yes 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 it it, wasn't one of the what is it one of the hanging hook guys a character i don't recall for sure it wouldn't surprise me at all yeah but whatever it was it was yeah, I mean, just hitting that first room was just kind of like, yeah, this is well done, and this is pretty good. <laughs> and, and that's and, just the know. opening act. <laughs> right. And then you continue through this maze, and it just it just got, it was nuts. This, this is, whole fucking maze was nuts. This is where it got cool from this point on, and then why it's one of my, I regard it as one of my favorite mazes of all time, and my one of my favorite properties, like original properties of all time, and wish they would continue this. Because now we get into this is like this is the gore house beginning to end, but it's so oh. beautiful to look at. It's on body collectors level because in the next room you have this giant set of circular saws that have covered in blood, flesh dripping from them, 
with, and this is where, I don't know, Quinn was talking about the leg being cut. This is where you see a set of legs from a, basically it's a human sized wood shredder, but not covered and completely open. So there's a, a body being passed through these huge circular Ooh. blades. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, anyway. So, and then you get more factory workers. At the end of this particular room, this is where now that the, the liquid starts getting processed into the power for the power plant. So now we start putting in the steam aspect of it. And we get, so we go from raw uh, metal, steel, just the, and blood. And now they start mixing in piping and a little steampunk, if you want to call it that, or just steam in general. I don't think this is really done in steampunk per se, but just like the steam. Steam age yeah. is more its uh-huh. inspiration. And you had real pipes and you had steam whistles, more characters. So noise and fog and wet, wet everywhere. Oh. And just the idea every of blood. Got, every chance they got in this maze, they were spritzing you with a little bit of water. It was crazy. It was like, supposed to be blood. Right. Oh, nice. As you'll hear in one of the hallways that's coming up, I mean, everything was dripping with blood. Everything was like, right. like that was the liquid of this particular world, right? Like anything nice. liquid in this world was blood. Yeah. Um, and any of the pipes that were leaking were leaking blood. And it's uh, like, you know, you'd walk by something that was, that was, you know, had a little bit of spurt of steam or something and it'd be squirting you with, you know, it was fucking amazing awesome. <laughs> so past past that this is where we actually do have the woman getting her the the they, it was a little bit of an alteration on the leg cutter it was it was cutting but it was cutting and pulling so it was it was kind of a yeah, a, a hybrid a between sort of yeah yeah it was it was deep yeah they're pulling the flesh off her bone it would be wet and drippy and there was sinew in there and you could see the bloody bone underneath it so instead of just cutting which it did it also had the pulling of the leg which i don't recall seeing since then so it must not have, all that kind of wet and working and, and gooey must not have survived in storage to the next year which i could see but damn i'm not we have I'm seen not, a leg a, a leg pull or the flesh being pulled off the leg? No, no, not flesh being pulled off the leg. We've seen the leg cut. The yeah, that's again. what I'm talking about. The leg yeah, cut we saw, but this was yeah. this was that plus yeah, one. It was t- yeah, it was times two. It was just, it was just like you, you could literally because the the character was able to actually like you could see he was tugging on the leg and tugging on the flesh he's pulling off, and it was like ugh, it was awesome. It reminded it me was of the, so well done. It reminded me of the spine rip, but it was you know, instead of the bone being pulled out, it was the flesh being pulled off the bone. Yeah. Probably not yes. as dramatic, and there wasn't a sound effect with it that I recall. Although it was hard to tell because there was a ton of screaming and steam whistles and noise and all kinds yeah, of the insane only so- stuff. Yeah, the only sound effect I remember was the the live character that was strapped to the table screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now the hallway, one of my all time favorite rooms ever in any house, and it's I don't know what to call it other than the flesh compactor. Yeah, that's uh, the the, the uh, pressing machine is yep. what I usually tell people. Yeah. You walk through a and hallway. It's a very Karen. Just to give you the idea, it's one of those thinner mm-hmm. hallways. You know where you're you're only okay. about you're slightly more than half an arm's length on either wall, right? So you're pressed right. to the side. On both sides are like glass windows lining the whole thing. They're about a foot and a half across, about eight inches high, and inside there's just these spike things. There the mechanics of this is, are insane. It's like, because each of them are alternating. It's like a piston type movement crushing this flesh. And every time one hits the flesh 
down on the flesh, there's a spray coming from somewhere. You get sprayed Ugh. to the bejesus Ugh. in this room as that flesh <laughs> is being pressed and and the moisture being sucked out of them. Like I said, the mechanics the in this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The flesh is sitting on a grate, right? Yeah, and you can yeah. see under the grate where the fle- the liquid is like is like dripping from the flesh, and then the pistons just keep pounding the flesh. It, it, it is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so creepy the, at the same time. It was just nice. The mechanics of it just have always astounded me because, I mean, there's been there's always been moving pieces in the house, but this was like both walls about a dozen of these presses in sequence, you know, while one was on its way up, one was on its way down. You, you know exactly, you, you can picture how it works, but the fact yeah. that they had 24 of them working every time yeah. I went through. Now, yeah. I got to imagine That's there's incredible. been, there's got to been some nights where it wasn't working, but I managed yeah. to see it working every time I went through. This is one of my favorite rooms. As simple as it is, it's just flesh, you know, getting the, getting the entire bodily fluid squeezed out of it it was still so freaking cool to see yeah it was it's probably like even more so than the like ripping thing this is imprinted on my brain immediately and it was just like it's yeah is the the thing that i think of whenever i think of the sauce and steam maze it's like the first thing that comes to my mind is that room (laughs) yeah yeah me too actually so yeah. out of that hallway, we go into the storage tank room, and this is where we have big glass vats of mostly blood, flesh, eyes, and occasional finger floating by. Just and then of course, with there being big vats and things hide to hide behind, there's more characters with knives, you know, one ready to pull you back into the machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of that, I guess that scene into the finale. There's a waterfall of well, it's it's water, but it's got a red light on it. They weren't, I guess, able to continually have a blood red pouring through. But it's the idea was like a blood fall of the everything mm-hmm. it's extracted going into the final generator room, which was the finale of this. And nice. this was just another designer's dream come true. You just saw this generator of steam and bad wiring, and it had loud music and just the lightning those cracks of the electricity and electric effects that we've seen in other houses too just just going everywhere around this room it just and of course that that feeling of everything being wet in there and the electricity just made you feel completely uneasy and characters lurking around as well it's like it was a finale you could not get out fast enough which is always one of the best finales for these houses yeah, I mean, it was almost like they somehow had enough static electricity going on in that room, like your hair was almost standing on end. But I think that was just the, the feel you got yeah. from it. It was just like, holy fuck. Yeah, get me the fuck out now. <laughs> yeah. And that was Quint's first haunted house. Nice. And that was why when we got out of this, um, that's what we were talking about last episode when we, we just decided to go see Bill and Ted because I was now in complete <laughs> sensory overload. Yeah, like, I could see that. I was in complete sensory overload at this point. I'm just like, okay, I'm like, uh, he's like, oh, you want to go see Bill and Ted? I'm like, what? Yes. Bill, what? <laughs> and, well, because, you know, Bill and Ted at the time, I didn't even know it was a show. I didn't right. know anything about this, right? right? And, uh, and and I'm like Bill and Ted, like what's that got to do? And he's like, no, it's just a comedy show. I'm like, yes, please, let's just <laughs> sit down for a while and, and relax. I guess. So wow. now, what are your thoughts on Universal's uh, haunted houses after that first experience? Oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, at this point, it was it was more of I think I, I kept telling you, how have you never brought me to this before? And, and you know, basically, I think we were already texting Matt or texting our buddy Dave, saying, "Yeah, we're not going in December anymore." <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I was just I was blown away. I really was. This this is like this is one of the best shows on earth. I think. Oh yeah. Yep. This I, entire event, like one of the best events on earth. No, it is. Yep. And I wish this property would come back. I mean, I I. Oh yeah, I love I love the idea that just the steam. It's 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 simple. It's steam powered with a steam powered city that doesn't run on water. Runs on human bodily fluids, mostly blood. We'll just even just cut right to the chase and say say blood. And I I don't I don't know where you'd go from that, but maybe that's why they haven't done it again. Maybe it'll be another. Let's see, we're up to twenty eight. Maybe when thirty rolls around or so, because you know it was ten years since we had another. Um, uh, that exposure. So maybe, maybe it is still in the to do file for the future. We might see it again, a, a re uh, imagination of it, like we did with Ghost Town. I would be happy seeing that exact maze again. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's like, oh, it's Saws and Steam into the machine again. Okay. Sign me up. Like, I'm going twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. It's just, it's, it's an amazing I, I thought it was an amazing maze my mind was completely blown i was in complete sensory overload bill and ted only did a little bit to 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 sort of tamp that down and then we we just kept rolling yeah and like i said went to bill and ted may even have played men in black in the way but to the next one because we had to pass it but most likely probably got a drink to the next one no i think we got a drink i don't think we played men in black on the on yeah i don't think we did that yet round. i don't think until we brought Dave along when we had three people to when, when we knew oh, one of us weren't going to lose, and then we brought then we started playing Men in Black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'd been doing we'd been doing Men in Black with Dave before, but true, I don't yeah. think we I don't think it was even on our mind at this time. Really, like, <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah, oh, Men in Black stuff so, because like we didn't go see Jaws, we didn't do any of that stuff. We were just because I think you were still we still didn't really know what the how good the express passes that's were. True. So you, yeah. We still, yep. Yeah, or we still felt like we were pressed for time at that point. I think you're absolutely right. Yep, I think we didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, we didn't know how much time we were going to save. And actually, at the pace we went and starting late, which I think I said before, it, we it, it worked out. It got us to the end of the night, so it probably would have been a waste of time in that particular visit. Yeah. So, uh, if I'm remembering right, we just did a circle at this point, and it, which is funny because it's almost the exact opposite direction of what we've done since. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's funny. This is like the anti news as path. Uh, yeah, pretty and, much. And we went to Nevermore, the Madness of Poe. Yes, which was um it was a very different house, much more uh <laughs> yes. much more the creepy thing, right? But the aesthetics were amazing. The this is in a was in front of a sprung tent and at the time, until we really start getting to when they put Halloween in a sprung tent back in 24 at the time, this is one of the most impressive facades ent- or an entry to the house. Cause I guess you're not really facading the sprung tent, the entrance and it was yeah. huge piece pieces of parchment paper with handwritten words, but some were more bolded than others. And they were kind of just, there was like maybe like a dozen of them slapped up there, but the bolded letters and the lightened letters all matched to make a, like a silhouette or even just a just a, a, a black and white picture of Edgar Allan Poe, basically. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a silhouette. Mm-hmm. It was clearly him. But it was all done in 
handwritten text on these pages that look like they just kind of fell to the floor. It was really pretty. But this one, this started off pretty diving right into it. We didn't really get treated to a uh, a setup. You, you walked right into the first room, which was Poe writing in or is in his writing studio rather pacing muttering to himself and of course every once in a while screaming at a guest right (laughs) (laughs) in his madness from there we go down a hallway this is kind of where i think you step maybe it is a precursor i take this back now didn't really realize this putting in my notes but uh you you went from there into a hallway of just of the walls lined of his blown up prints much like kind of like the facade but it wasn't making a picture it's just blown up blown up uh sheets of his writing so you might actually be going from seeing him start his insanity then experience where his mind came up with the writings and then actually see his insane mind might be the story it was trying to tell there's often a lot of subtle story that you just miss going through some of this stuff right unless you're yep. going through it a lot of times and you really you really start reading about it and and understanding everything it's like and that's kind of what i like about a lot of this stuff is like Everybody gets a everybody gets different pieces of the story. Mm-hmm. Some people get more of it. Some people get less of it. And sometimes when you're like Karen and you're you're running a half marathon through the maze <laughs> in one spot, you get nothing of it. Right. Yeah. Except scare the shit out of you, and which is fine. Which is absolutely why we go. So, yeah, it's it's part of the cool part of the event. I think it is. Yeah, definitely. So after the hallway, we get into a room where we run into Lenore, and she's bloodied and insane, and another character interaction. After that, we see the story of the Telltale Heart, which is, that is, that is another thing, too, is that I didn't recognize all the stories. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm a, not a Poe fan. I'm not well-versed in Edgar Allan Poe. That's a better way to say it. What I do know of him, I like. I just haven't sat and read the complete works his complete work so for me some of this i didn't quite recognize but this i did and, and it might actually have to do with the simpsons when i think about it and, and karen knows why <laughs> so do i okay <laughs> so we get the telltale heart story great again great design great look into that room the vultured eyed man is the character name actually i did not know that from the simpsons I have to look that up but he was waiting in the shadows to attack you and possibly drag you back behind the wall with them. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So from there and definitely another Simpsons reference here, we go into the Raven, but I know for a fact I had to read the Raven in grade school, apart from just it being a, yeah. uh, a poem that James Earl Jones read on the Simpsons. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was like, if I get this wrong, Karen's going to correct yeah. me. Okay. It's still a fantastic poem. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I was just making the Simpsons joke to to see oh, yeah, to make it. sure to see it. if I got my details right because Karen would have corrected me if I was wrong. So, but yeah, no, the Raven, giant ravens in this in a very dark room, so that you got the imagery of the birds. But obviously, they're they're giant ravens and their characters are people in costumes. But the lighting was done well enough that you weren't looking at a costumed character. There were giant ravens you weren't expecting as they were jumping out at you, and then you went past a, a kind of a, a area of windows with trees and more ravens and squawking and just this. The, I want to say terrible, horrific, but yet awesome sound design coming from that particular wall, the windows, which is. The the sound 
whenever I can mention it, I bring it up because it's such a big factor in these houses. And for this particular story to bring home the Raven in a haunted house to scare the hell out of you was a huge factor in this particular room, at least for me. That actually kind of got to me a little more than oh, yeah. the giant ravens. No, not me. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't have a bird phobia like I do clowns. But, okay. <laughs> um, when I grew up, I grew up in farms and stuff, and there's always like birds will will nest in barns, and you know they'll, they'll and it's just like every once in a while you like open the barn door, and the, this bird that's been trapped in there for a while just like will come shooting at you and out, and they're usually smaller birds, sparrows, things like that. But that's always just freaked me out, and that room just kind of like brought all that to the forefront of my brain and i'm like ah, that ain't, that's not even cool guys let's just <laughs> not do this right yeah that 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 room had its effect on me and i i mean obviously it was fun but but yeah it's still that's why i didn't notice the noise as much as you did because okay gotcha birds man <laughs> so so you love that little bit of the kind of center of the barn in scarecrow oh the, yeah with the birds oh, yeah. pooped on it. you Another yeah, great, another exactly. great room. Yep. <laughs> so out of the Raven, we get into the pit and the pendulum. And this was a, another effect, a cutting effect of a, the main character in this room being cut in half, being cut alive in half by the yeah. pendulum. And it was a very dungeon-esque theme, other torture devices. But of course, the center of the, of the attention fell to the cast character getting cut in half alive i don't know how you wouldn't look at that in that room right and because your eyes were drawn to that the characters in that room had a ball with you <laughs> yeah right yep that's true that's true so out of the pit and the pendulum we got the mask of the red death and this was a, a lot this was another uh dis distraction room distraction setup a lot of mannequins that were costumed in masquerade style bloodied uh, boils grotesque but of course when you have and you've both seen this now enough times karen as well she's caught up when you have a room of non-moving mannequins you know one of those are going to move and yeah. you don't know which one your first time through and it always gets you yep every <laughs> fucking time yep. <laughs> in a good way i mean yes. I, like i said it's it, uh, it's fun yep uh, i actually thought all all of Poe was was probably one of the most beautiful mazes this year. It was. The design was was beautiful. And we kind of wind down before the finale. We go through some of Poe's house again and it's very dark. It's very creepy. We get to a room of portraits, which of course there's the boo holes where they, they drop and there's a sometime I don't recall if it was like the the actual character behind it was a grotesque version of the portrait or just a character it doesn't matter because if you're looking at it and that window drops you're fucked so it doesn't matter what they look like <laughs> and you might not remember <laughs> so uh and from there we get the story of the black cat and we get a broken away wall with some more places for characters to to sneak out through from uh boo doors as opposed to just the window now so now you have an entire character possibly jumping in front of you in line and then we get the finale which is the last moment of poe last moments of poe in his madness and we've got high stacks of books reaching to the ceiling and behind and of course the stacks are just big enough to hide a kind of slender 
man dressed up as Poe that can jump out at you, and not just one, but several, you know, in various states of insanity. So you get your last exchange or your interaction with Edgar Allan Poe in his most insane jumping out from stacks of books of his writings of his madness before you go out. Not as intense as wanting to get out of sauce and steam, but enough to put a no. cap on the end of that insanity tour of Poe's mind that you went through. So another house I really liked, and I have to imagine that bigger fans of Edgar Allan Poe really must have loved this entire homage from beginning to end. I would think. Um, I, you know, when I first when when we were first in line, I think, and we heard them heard people talking about it, where it was like just different rooms of our different stories that of his and different poems of his, and I was like, it sounds kind of disjointed, and it could have been very disjointed, but it wasn't. It's like they they did a really good job of blending everything together and not feeling you didn't ever feel like you were jumping from one one thing into something completely different, and just you know you didn't really get that that shift. Um, the blend was nice, I thought, and just the order they did things in were good. Um, kind of a high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low until you get to the end sort of thing. Um, and, and they ended on a high and I thought, yeah, I thought it was really, really well done and it was pretty like all of it was pretty. Yeah. That's that, that was, it was, it was, the design was fantastic on everything in there. Yeah. So out of that, if I'm reading this right, and I think I am, if I remember sequences are right, we went to the in-between. Yeah. The 3D house was, of the year. Yep. And this <laughs> one was cool. Uh, I, I, I remember only bits and pieces of this because I had just had the shit scared out of me by a <laughs> stilt walker's character that I didn't know stilt walker's characters existed. So yeah. <laughs> now this is where I said earlier, we're going to put an exclamation point on worth every penny of, uh, the express pass mm-hmm. because we, this is, oh, was this, this is the other sprung tent. Okay. It was not the parade building. So this was the sprung tent one and this was the queue line system where you the express pass pretty much was a straight line to the front of the house and when you got to your the stopping point for express pass then you saw everybody else was waiting in line yeah in this case it was about two to three thousand people by my guesstimation we yep we we came to our stop and and they were already letting through um I think it was a VIP tour because both lines were stopped or an RIP tour. I think an RIP tour is going in. So both lines were stopped. Me and Quinn had seen all those people and we went, man, that express pass was definitely worth it. The guy in the front of the regular (laughs) line across from us said, yeah, no shit. I've been here for three hours. Oh God. (laughs) And I was just like, Three fucking hours. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like there was and, nothing yeah. we could say to that guy. And so no, we, just, no. we just looked at each other and just started talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you, uh, uh, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, you're poor. I, I, I don't know. You know, like, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, there's a lot of people that go all, you know, multiple times and I get why they wouldn't spring for the regular ex- or for the express pass because if you're going multiple times you can e- easily spend some of the time in the lines but three hours that is yeah, just- that's rough it's not even necessarily yeah a, a money thing sometimes you just don't realize what it gets you because yeah. i had never used it up till then and that was that was the moment where i was like yeah i i we 
how on earth can I ever go to this again with people by myself is one thing because typically I'll do one or two things a night. But when I take other people and they're all, and they're coming from out of town and we have that night oh. to do it, how can I not? How on earth do you do this without Express Pass? I mean, you can, but it's doable. Yeah, um, you got to go on a slower night, and yeah. you got to you know you've got to really time things very well. It's doable. We've had you know we've had um, uh, listeners tell us it's doable, but yeah. it's I don't know, man. Not be rough. As much fun, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I can't imagine it would be. You'd, you'd be hustling from every place to every place and and i don't think you'd be able to enjoy the scare zones as much no. as the thing. No. you'd be hustling but then you'd be like it'd be hurry up and wait because you'd be hustling yeah. the next one and you got your you know on a best on your best it's like on a slow night 20 minutes for the lesser houses but it's always always going to be over an hour if not more for the big the big title houses yeah so yeah, that was that was the we already at this point two houses in we knew we were never going to not go with Express again. But then when that guy said that, we're <laughs> like, shit. Okay, well. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, this was an unusual night because yeah, like that's we true about too. The last podcast, yep. uh, you know they they dumped off busloads and busloads and busloads and busloads of uh, <laughs> you know I think either college or high school kids or yeah, something. Yeah, high school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. It was full. Yeah. So, but yeah, we hit the 3d maze and, and the introduction to the 3d maze as many years is the tunnel. Yeah. Yep. The tunnel is, it was my first experience with the tunnel. And every time I go through the tunnel, I know what I'm supposed to do (laughs) and I never fucking do it. And I always get vertigo going through that damn thing. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yep. So this is a 3d. This is a chroma depth 3d house for anyone that this might happen to be their first episode. We've, we've talked at length about that, but a quick recap, red, blue, and green are the primary colors and the entire spectrum is used, but red, I believe is a, a, shows things that are red in a distance blue closer to you and green is kind of like the, the your normal depth of field so they play a lot with the colors in this and the yeah. the facade for this was this was i uh, this was the introduction of uh the the comics i man it's the what the hell's the name of it? Um, geez, ultraviolet, oh, uh, ultraviolet yeah. comics. Ultraviolet, yes, it's yeah. <laughs> like I know. I want to say Asylum in 3D. I'm like, no, that was the second oh. comic. I was like, but it's ultraviolet comics, and it was the cover for the in between comic. And even that facade was done mm-hmm. in primarily red, blue, and green, so yep. that when you just enough, just enough for you to go, wait, what? What am I? What is? What? How is it doing that? What am I getting into? But then you go into the room. And the story is of a college dorm or two college students that had opened up a game in a portal to hell. And you see, you enter their room and you kind of follow their footsteps and the room is completely trashed. There's glowing symbols, red, blue, and green all over the place. And then from there, you kind of walk into the portal that sucked them through. And there is a tunnel that Quint was talking about. And in this case, it was painted mostly in symbols, the same symbols you saw in the first room, but it, it never matters what it is because when they use that tunnel in that 3D. <laughs> you can't look at anything no. directly. Nope. There's no way. Nope. I always try. Yeah. 
I love, I love that. I, I, I do it too. People behind me are laughing at what I'm laughing at in front of me because you immediately, you almost see, it's almost like, I don't know what you would call it. It's almost like a domino effect, but the dominoes aren't hitting each other. It's like the guy in front of you will be slight, if it's spinning, let's say it's spinning clockwise. The guy in front of you will slightly lean right, but the guy in front of him will be more so, more so and more so. It's like everyone, there's like a, a wave of people all falling to the right to, until they get to the end of that tunnel. Yeah. I love it every yeah. year that yeah. I see it. And like I say, I fall for it too. So people behind me are laughing as well yep yeah the first the first impression you get of that tunnel is what a bunch of morons and, <laughs> right and then you get and you then get, you get on it it's on to it and it's like i'm the fucking moron <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah oh yes <laughs> so out of the tunnel we are now into this alternate demonic world that this artifact had opened this portal to and now we have just got demonic heads hanging from black ropes. So they look like they're floating there, but they're also colored in the chroma death colors. So not only are they seem to be hanging there, they seem to be at different distances as they actually are. So that's fucking with your head, but no more than the characters that are also in painted masks jumping out at you at different <laughs> with the different depth of field as well. And it just, things just completely run ravel from there as far as my memory goes but the the notes i still have for the show is that from there we go into a another room as if chroma death and just getting out of that tunnel isn't fucking with you enough this room is painted with a ton of slanted wall slanted patterns on the walls the walls may be constructed slanted as well with more characters now we're getting into the realm where these we have characters in complete black and either jumping out at you to block your vision or kind of shaking those cans or having some kind of noisemakers. Next room, this was like the one that really I remember fucking with me the most. It was a room of, I, I want to say lasers, but they're probably more of those like LED laser lights, not true lasers. Red, yeah. green, and blue refracting yeah. and reflecting off of everything in that room. It was like it just fucked with your head so hard. I think if it wasn't the night Quentin and I went, it was a night that I had gone where I just took my glasses off. I was like, I can't at this moment. I just, it's like, <laughs> I need to see where things actually are right now in this room. It was really disorienting, which was awesome. It was super disorienting. I, yeah, I remember that room and just, I, I remember not even really, I was, I was happy for the conga line because I, I didn't really understand where we should be going. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just very disorienting. Uh, from there, we go through a hallway, and they've done this before in 3D houses and non-3D houses, and it works in both, where it's just shit hanging from the ceiling, ropes hanging from the ceiling in this case, and these ropes are colored in red, blue, green, maybe a couple colors in between, With and the room is mostly blacklit. So even though the ropes are not doing anything but hanging there, you may be reaching for one that's not there, or one hits you in the face that you don't realize is that close. Simple, yeah. but freaking effective. Oh, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, that was a. I remember that room uh, very well, and it was just like you, you, you were because the ropes. I mean, obviously, the, some of the ropes were starting to move right as yep. people went through them. And the thing was, is like you'd, you'd be you'd be ducking away from ropes that you thought were going to come that were coming close to you, and they were like far away. Or you, yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yep. very disorienting. Yeah, so loved it. From there, uh, another room covered in the runes. We're kind of in the, 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 we're, we're actually getting towards the finale. The finale is actually pretty timid compared to the rest of this, but room covered in rooms, your last interaction with demons and, and 
all the characters that culminated up to this point. And then you go into the final room, which is returning you back to reality. It's, it's the dorm room. But now, even though everything's the same, everything in the same spot, it's now burnt to a crisp because this portal has just engulfed, as it opened, engulfed this room in flames and fire. So it's, it's actually another really cool design element that if you weren't paying attention or if you only get the experience once, you might not recognize that you're, oh, I'm the same exact thing as I started, but everything, but they've now destroyed everything. Really cool cap on a story. And I think, and you guys will open this up to discussion. I think one of the strongest 3D stories we've had to date, taking an account Asylum and Chance, and which were good, and the Penn and Teller, of course, the year after this. I think this story of the kind of going in through this portal and then coming out the other end is not. As, as uh, I'm sorry, it's one of the better uh, cohesive stories than we've been told in 3D houses since. I can't argue that. Okay. Um, I, the, the one thing I will say is that my memory of this was not of any sort of story. My memory of this was okay. just images and rooms and, and uh, um, you know, even coming out of it, I, it, I remember just kind of going like, I have no idea what just happened to me, but it was fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, when you tell the story, it's a very nice, cohesive, well put together story. But again, by this time, my brain was mush. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was just, yeah, I, I, this is the benefit of, yeah, this is the benefit of going through it more than once too. So maybe, I mean, maybe I'm maybe, uh, I mean, I guess the chance, I like the chance one. I like the idea of the chance one. So if I take it just on the story of the chance one, that worked well. I don't think the story was played out as described necessarily as well, but uh, we've probably already talked about that on our 26 reviews and no reason to rehash all that. Yeah. And I still like the, um, uh, the wonderland one as well. Oh, I didn't think they're bad. I'm one of the few people I think that likes 3d houses just because I think it's unique and it's fun. I mean, even, even hollow screams done them too. And I enjoyed that as well. But uh, yeah, it's, I I think is, I, I think this is, one of the just one of the better stories i guess is a better is and what i was trying to say and have said so i'll stop saying it <laughs> i don't have a basis for comparison i've only seen two right so i, I mean i can't i can't weigh in on this one gotcha all right so my favorite was the wonderland really so. you like that better than chance i did i, I thought, thought just it was by, more fun i just thought by default chance would be because it was chance yeah. and that was your most the most you saw chance was in this one. You would think, yeah. but okay. no, I had more fun in Wonderland. Wow. So. Okay. That's cool. I think you would have enjoyed this one too then. Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds cool. Uh, it was fun. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. So what is your, if you can remember at this point, what's your mindset now on Halloween Horror Night houses? Because you did Saws uh, and Steam, I, you did Poe, you got a little reprieve in Poe, and then we went in in between. Yeah, no, I was now, I, I mean, I'm balls deep at this point. I'm just like, let's go next, next, woo, let's go. And I, I think, I don't know how many times I told you this that night. It's like, why is this the first time know, I'm right? coming to this? <laughs> uh, um, don't know. So we probably. And, and I, think, I think every maze after this, we, uh, yeah, I, we were joking the whole time about how great it was to have 
express passes and how we were passing the masses. I know, right? There was a couple of lines where we get to, you get to walk like side by side. The express lane is like right beside the, the, um, other line. And, and it's just like, you're watching this other line, not moving at all. And you're just like breezing through. And it's like, yeah, this was a good, this was good. Yeah. This was a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) So we probably got right out of that exit and went right into forsaken. I almost guarantee that's what we did. We did. Yes. And forsaken. Now this is one, this is another one that I I know we talk about with great reverence because this is, this is a really cool house in a lot of ways. This This is an amazing maze. Yeah. The story, the, some of the effects he did in this, let's just get into it. So we're forsaken. We're over in the parade building now and the entrance to the house, it's a Spanish fort, the dungeon of a Spanish fort. I should say it's stonewalled dungeons, wrought iron gates, bars all that the ambience outside the sound for it is like there's a battle mixed with a storm and there's actually (laughs) water that pours from the cell windows outside of the facade and now you get inside and you start to exit the dungeon through the armory and this is where you get to start meeting some of the characters biggest notable thing about the characters maybe two biggest notable things this we should say right off the bat, it has this sea motif. It's like a pre Pirates of the Caribbean sea character motif. And they all had green lit eyes, like green light lighting in their eyes, each character, which was really cool and not expected hmm. when I first went through this. Neat. This, it was so cool. <laughs> and like uh, I, the, the entire character designs for this one, the, the, the whole, the, that, yeah, that seafaring motif with was just all this stuff was just so cool. Yeah, um, the green eyes were yeah, that was just the icing on the cake, really. Uh, the, the I think, and I I looked at the rest of the list, and this has to have been one of the most beautiful houses this year. I think it was. I agree. Yep. I mean, yeah. I, there's there's argument for saws and steam, but saws and steam was a lot more. Um, uh, industrial yeah this one was just this one was gorgeous yeah. uh the the characters the the set dressing the sets the everything in this maze was just just absolutely beautiful and just creepy as hell yeah this was one of two this is the only appearance actually because i'll talk about why the other one only half counts this was half a the only full appearance in Jack's anniversary house in 25 was a room from the forsaken. We haven't gotten to that room yep. yet, but the room was pulled directly from this in 25. There's another reference, yep. but it's, we'll, we'll get to that later. We're not quite there yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, um, uh, okay. So out of the dungeon into the armory and you have axes, sword shields, barrels of gunpowder, they got an impaled soldier lying across the weaponry. And of course he's, he, as he's reaching out for help, there's a character there to make sure you don't help him. And right. you move out of the armory, you get into the commander's headquarters. Now we don't know it yet, but we're, we're about to get on a ship. I want to set that stage for the next couple of houses or rooms here. And this is the commander's quarters of the ship. So you're kind of transitioning from the, the port of this, fort into the ship and bloodstained walls blood-soaked pillows on the bed which is actually a very eerie sight when you don't see a body especially after all the ambience and the setting everything this has been through and it's the commander's 
clearly been something's happened to him. And what's even worse is that you eventually run into him or half of him because you find his <laughs> upper torso hanging from the high ceiling over his quarters and blood is dripping from him. And it's, it's like waist down is completely ripped and gone. <laughs> but from there we actually go into the fort church and there's a hole broken in the wall fog rolling through crew of the forsaken are actually kind of wandering in to the fort into the pews they're they're this is how they've broken in we're kind of actually we're we're going headlong into this invasion so this is the point that they broke in we get out of the church into the courtyard headed towards the ship and now we've got more hung soldiers or hanged actually is the right word hang soldiers overhead more wind and rain which is funny because i as soon as i had put these notes together i was like oh right that is i think where i was getting a deja vu from ghost town in 26 so mm-hmm. it was the same type of effect of walking through that town with the wind and rain i didn't put my finger on it at the time but that they probably use a lot of the same mechanics for that too so more more forsaken crew members and now we finally get from and in court- that room well, in that room and in the rest of this maze, they had pumped up the AC, so you were almost you you could feel the chill, right? Yes. Almost, yeah. Um, of course, in Orlando, feeling the chill means it's only eighty. <laughs> exactly, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so through the courtyard, the mast of the Forsaken that's run aground, the the, the mast has actually fallen onto the fountain, and now we finally get onto the ship. And this is the one thing I remember most about this, and it's only one room in it. But it's such a good fucking room that I will never forget it because we get on the ship itself. We finally get on the Forsaken and we enter through a hole in the bow. And since this thing is run aground, it's the, the ship is listed on its side and the floor is slanted. So you're walking in on a crooked floor. Now, doesn't sound as exciting now because we did it again in 25. And we also did it just last year in Dead Waters. But we hadn't done this since SS Frightanic. It's been ages since we did this, and it's such a freaking awesome effect for a story and a and a facade or a uh, setting like this. I agree. It was it was disconcerting because now you're looking down to make sure that you're walking properly, and it, it's it's only a, the angle isn't that steep, but it's just enough to throw you off enough so that you have to pay attention to what you're doing, and the characters yeah. take advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you go through. Just that one room of the ship, or this this first room of the ship, you go into another, and now it kind of everything is straightened out, and you have more of the Forsaken crew around. They're peering through cargo nets, trap doors, or boo holes. They put trap doors, but different parts of the ship. You leave, and you're back in the fort area, but as you're exiting, it's been fully invaded now, and you have the Forsaken crew members flanking you on the way out. So you're, you're you have a almost one of those walking dead horde horde scenes but it's it's yeah you're basically walking the gauntlet there. yeah with but it's with the it's not zombies it's the forsaken crew so this was a fucking awesome house and the story behind this which we're not going to talk too much about till next episode is just as good i loved this house 
Yeah, because this was like the the missing uh, a missing ship of of. Yeah. Um, it was a fourth ship of Columbus's expedition. Columbus's and they, expedition, and they were yeah. going to uh, pull a mutiny on him. And the other right. boats found out about it and sunk him. Yep, that's the long. That's the short yeah. version of the long story. Yeah. So I mean, this this yeah, is a this is a Pirates of the Caribbean look and feel and almost backstory before Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm talking the movie, not the ride, yep. of course, the movie series. Yep. Definitely. Uh, it was, it was incredible and it was pretty like it, the, the set dressing on the sets and the set dressing were amazing. Yeah. You actually felt like you were in a fucking boat, right? Yeah, you did. Yep. Which, which is, I, I don't know. I think that's a huge feat to, to make somebody think that and feel like they're on a boat. That's great when you're in a parade building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And SpongeBob is just on the other side of the wall. It's, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't know if he was there yet, but I get the idea. Yeah, it would be yeah. Woody Woodpecker at the time. <laughs> Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. yeah. Um, Actually, 2011. Yeah, probably SpongeBob. Yeah, SpongeBob's been around for a I, while. Yeah, you're right. Scarier they, than anything we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> they did recreate this this uh, the room that we were talking about the tilted room. They recreated that completely for twenty five. Yeah, and it they, they knocked it out of the park for twenty five as well. The only thing different is that in twenty five they had a safe zone where you could take uh, wheelchairs and and if you didn't want to walk the the crooked thing, you could go around. I didn't remember that from. Uh, the original. Yeah, I don't either, but I wasn't looking for it either. In fact, I probably wouldn't have known it was there if it wasn't for our unmasking tour. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I'm, I'm seeing some pictures online and it doesn't look like it was possible back then, but who knows? Um, I've missed stuff before. Yeah, right. Yep. (laughs) Ah, so from there, yeah, we had a good walk, probably a beer in this walk. Yes, we did. And then we went Definitely. we went to another original. A lot of original. In fact, there's a there's only one. Actually, I didn't even mention that when we're doing this. There's only one uh uh IP or uh, licensed IP. That's the thing. So that's we're not there yet. So we go over to Winter's Night, the Haunting of the Hawthorne Cemetery. Yep. Which this was this was it's it's simple premise but it's awesome because in the description it tells you why it's awesome as snow falls in this serene gothic cemetery spirits of the deceased rise from the grave the ghostly sights firmly set upon you so the snow is not a something they put in your head to think about you walked in and there was snow and this is the first time quint got to see the infamous halloween horror night snope inside a inside a building (laughs) Snope. Well, that's what it's. That's its thing. Yeah, Yeah. it's not snow. And along with that, of course, after and I didn't even say it to set this up, but after a long walk, they had the temperature down, so we walked into a cold building with snow falling. And oh my god, did that feel so good? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it was from one cold maze into the hot Orlando air for a long walk and beer and more walking and and then into back into the cold <laughs> really nice cold i always love the winter mazes there because it's it just gives you reprieve yeah yes and this was this was again simple idea but effective and it starts off by walking by this abandoned har- uh, horse drawn hearse 
and we enter this rusty gates into a cemetery in the first real room of this house actually we, we the give you karen a comparison it's kind of like the way dead water started you are actually starting outside you're starting in a oh in, okay in the yeah. sem- in the kind of the opening the i don't know call it the the first few steps of the uh, cemetery it's actually a garden for the cemetery it's for the the characters in the story and there are statues and of course there's full bodied statues and of course one of them is a living statue that's just standing there complete i always love the makeup on these living statues because they are completely white head to toe i don't know what that must do to their pores but they it is you, you can't sit there in that dark in that environment and necessarily unless you saw it move before that really pick out just by makeup which one isn't or isn't no. the statue I'm sure yeah. there's clues like the stand they're standing on or way they're standing or something they're doing, but just looking at them visually, that's how yeah. good that I've always thought that makeup is really cool. Yeah, but you're right. They're poor cheese, especially in that. Well, of course, in this maze, it wasn't so bad because they were all air conditioned. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, so true. That, yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> yep. I was just thinking trying to sweat with that shit on you. has oh. just got to be crazy. Yeah, oh. that's true. Right. So we go from the garden, we actually get into the graveyard, and this is where bodies are starting to crawl out of the graves, and some of them are are half out reaching at you. More great makeup. Again, all pre-Walking Dead stuff, so we don't have that particular walker look, so we've got stuff that we've not seen before. You know, we haven't been inundated with week after week. Really cool decaying bodies being pulled out of the grave, designed by their art and design team. We go from there yeah. into a like a high brick walled area, and those brick walls, of course, are more boo windows and doors of these same decaying bodies, risen bodies coming at you. Yep, it was fun. <laughs> it, this, that the wall was really fun because I mean, at this point, I was starting to get the. Uh, starting to get how they were doing stuff and get the deal around it and where, you know, where to start expecting some characters and stuff. And so my brain was actually starting to be engaged again, which until then it probably hadn't been. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was, it was just kind of cool to kind of like start looking around for it. And then of course you you pick out one or two of the obvious ones and the non-obvious ones still nail you. Yeah. Yeah. So now we actually get to like an inside structure. They We move into a mausoleum or a crypt. I'm not sure which one specifically it was, but you still have the, the, your inside is the point. And now you've gotten what th- coffins that have been pulled out of the walls. And again, you have some, some that were, uh, I don't know if you say gently pulled out or some that were just yanked out. They're, they're in various different states of like leaning against the wall. And of course, when you when you see one that's leaning and to a, to a uh, an angle where a person could be standing and reach out at you, you don't realize that until it opens up and a person reaches out at you. But then it seemed obvious. Yeah. But at the time, you're like, "Oh, that one just fell out. Ah, shit! There's someone in there." You know, one of those moments. <laughs> yep. <laughs> From there, <laughs> what's that? Just quit. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so more go through more stone walls, more characters interaction. Uh, you go from they they did uh, out, out when we leave them as when you leave the the crypt of the mausoleum. Now we had a, a very interesting angle of a graveyard, which does exist, but I wouldn't think to put it in. You get into the groundskeeping shed, 
which is dilapidated, old, wooden, has a ton of ridiculously sharp and dangerous things in there, and more of these characters that have risen from the grave that now have access to all these particular things that are sharp and dangerous and can hurt you very badly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so from there now, we get to the other side of the cemetery. So from there, we get to the other side of the cemetery where the, the brick wall, the, the other side of the brick wall is. So more of the of the same, more boo holes, more boo doors for the characters. But now we're able to actually start getting our way out. And we leave through an archway that's decorated with like just dozens and dozens of skulls and into a last room of even more of a skull motif of them all over the walls, along with more bones, particularly hand and arm bones to kind of uh th- that were identifiable i should say full skeletons and then of course in all of this highly decorated and very oddly designed room is more rooms for characters to jump out at you and then from there we're back outside and we have one last walk through the gravestones and statues and it's kind of like the the calming ending you don't really have any the characters less character interaction was that bone room and then you walk back out through the tombstones and back out again. So it's almost like you went from one end of it to the other. So again, like simple concept, but a lot of fun to go through. And the snow was the best part uh, the, of the, uh, I shouldn't say the best part, but the snow was a really great part. It was. So there's one thing that I found online about this that was kind of pretty cool. Um, and there's an image online. If you, if you search for it, one of the crypts in this maze was, the Aiello family crypt. Oh God, yeah. There's I can't imagine um, how much of there was on that probably. Yeah. And this one actually has a red haired clown sitting on the <laughs> one of the little ledges. It's fucking amazing. Nice. Um but yeah, there's there's gotta have been so many so many things like that in that particular maze. Like different names, different, you know, creators' names and things like that. Oh yeah. Yep. So, all right, let me look at the map, which I just covered up because you said that. And I was like, oh, I want to see this. So it was, uh, where were we? Oh, I just sent a link. Oh, okay. So from Winter's Night. Oh, yeah. Nightingale's Blood Prey. I know that's where we went. I know what we did last. Oh, yeah. So I know, I know where we're headed. In fact, yeah, it's uh, all in this order, isn't it? Yep. Yep, sure is. Yep. So Nightingale's Blood Prey. This is on the soundstage. And now we're getting to the big houses. So really, we kind of started small. And now you're seeing the really, really big shit. Right. But starting small with Saws and Steam is not starting small. Uh, it's, I was thought, small in, in square footage. That's the only, sure. only way I meant that. I, yep. Oh, no, I get it. And, and I get what you're saying. But it was just like, I can't think of a better way better maze to start with other than maybe this one that we're going through that we're going to talk about right now this would have been another really good start yep and now i realize this is actually a scene from jack's house too so there's two two and a half actually so this is not the half i was referring to so anyone that was drafting that email during my last my forsaken (laughs) story you don't need to send it because i just corrected myself (laughs) and the half is is uh the half one is the last maze we went yes, through. Yes, yep, exactly. Yeah. You got it, yeah. yeah. Okay, Nightingale's Blood Prey. So this, we start off, we hit the ground 
running, and I don't just mean running for our lives. I mean, we get the story slapped right in our face because we enter a trench crossing the Western Front in World War One. I. I mean, it's the battle is on. There are British Mark IV tanks stuck in the trench right there no. with us, and we get our first shot uh, or our first encounter with the Nightingales, and these are the World War One nurse field nurses except they're uh, i demonic they have these black eyes and razor razor teeth and we see the nurse tending to a soldier and by tending i mean eating a soldier yeah <laughs> these i mean they called them banshees but oh my god the, the, these were just mouthfuls of teeth <laughs> yeah. and the, the makeup was really really well done and just like and anytime you have that juxtaposition of, you know, somebody who's supposed to be helping, nurturing, caregiver type of person that is actually the most evil, demonic thing you've ever seen is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you throw that into the trenches of World War One, where they've got gunshots going off all over the place. There's pyro. There's like just everything going on. It was. Yeah. I mean, at first you don't really see that. And then you look over and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we continue down the trench. Now we have to go under the tank and we see in the tank that it's it's been torn open. It's not just open. It's been torn open and there's a dead crewman hanging upside down from it that you have to navigate around. Past that, we are we run into a soldier that's firing his pistol at a nightingale and another soldier that has a broken gas mask that's crawling for help and this none of this is stopping the nightingale from continuing her feeding frenzy on them no <laughs> we move into another part of the trench and there's a soldier standing guard and this is this is cool because this is effect i was not expecting <laughs> and he's just he's standing there standing is the key word because while he's standing there just kind of ushering you through a nightingale comes up from behind him, grabs him around the chest and pulls most of him away. Like this torso, right? Like most of <laughs> the, the rest stays behind. <laughs> nice. It was so cool. Yeah. It was so well done. Yep. Uh, okay. From there we get out of the trenches and we're into the field hosp hospital and there's like, the field hospital, jeez. The field hospital is those the the trauma beds. Everyone is covered, so you get the idea of it's mostly dead bodies. Of course, it's not, and not only is it not, but there's nightingales hiding under some of the sheets in the in the beds. So there, that's about the 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 first solo interaction you have with nightingales. And if you walked in and didn't see them resetting, that really got you good. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so from the hospital rooms, uh, we go into the surgery center, and there's a nightingale feasting again. And as you're going through, there's actually mortar shells going off outside. So we got some good sound design going on. Next room, now we have the piles of dead bodies that are set aside for burial, and there are nightingales crawling over the piles of bodies, which is just. <laughs> it's one of the creepiest fucking yeah. rooms ever yep so from there we go through the last sequence and it starts off with a biplane that's crashed 
and the wings of the, the the fabric on the wings is torn. And of course, through the terrors, we have more characters. Well, we have more nightingales. Nightingales, I think, are the. I mean, they're all scare actors. But when you say when I think characters, I think the the as one word, I think of the the people that are to frighten you. I the scare the the um the true characters. The, the ones to scare you are only nightingales, which is unique, having one particular design throughout the entire house. Yeah. Now, Forsaken did too, but of course they had the the they had the sea motif, so they played a little bit more. You could identify one over the other. These all look the same, sure. which was yeah, pretty much they all. I mean, other than the height differences, height they differences all really and, and their uniforms were probably a little different here and there, but the masks were the same, which I think gave it a little more of a creepiness to it for me. Oh yeah, yeah. and and just. Just you know, when when they're coming out of the boo holes, that that particular makeup coming out of the boo holes was one of the most effective <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, masks I've ever seen coming out of a boo hole. It's just been it was fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so from past the plane back into the trenches, now there's machine gun fire all around. There's a pair of nightingales there constantly attacking at you. Uh, and if they're once they've kind of swiped at you, they turn away and they're feasting on one of the the uh, mounted horses or what was a mounted horse. Now it's on the ground, so they're they're feeding, attacking, feeding, attacking. You get to the final stretch of the trench, and this is where I was not ready for what I saw and want to see it for the rest of my life at every Halloween Horror Nights when a nightingale flew over your head. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and this this was the part of the maze that they put into twenty five as well. Yep, this is one of the first with, flying characters. Yep, yep, and with a soldier firing his gun at her in the air, and it's like, and unfortunately that was the exit because they're like, "Fuck, what the fuck did we just see?" <laughs> did, I know, did right? Someone just fly over our heads, and sure as shit, they did. Yep. Yeah, that was a great effect, and I mean, it's it definitely earned its place. This entire maze earned its place in in the twenty five maze. It did, yep. Yeah, it really did. That was, it was awesome. Uh, it was stellar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so from there we walked to, uh, where is it? Oh yeah, this the thing, the only licensed property that year, which mm-hmm. was fine because it was such a strong, I think, original IP year. And, oh my god, yes. And this is based after this was the the thing remake, not yeah. the original. And well, I mean they're both the same story. They're both John Carpenter movies, but it was the thing remake and again it went into a sound stage and it was snowing again. So we went from being impressed two houses ago with it snowing to oh, this again? It's snowing again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, maybe we weren't that jaded, but it's still cool. And, oh god, no we weren't. This was, I wasn't anyway. Yeah, yeah. So this was, an, 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 like many of the IPs, it's a walk through the movie, but it was done really well, and it starts pretty much in sequence, at least where the, the real action of the story starts. We didn't have the, the whole helicopter flight to Antarctica, but we, we enter where Antarctica comes into the story, and we actually walk into the Thule station, the, the research station for Antarctica. And the first room we go through is the rec center, and this is a center where there's a, a character with a... The, the thing on uh, just on his face being assimilated. We haven't gotten to the full thing assimilation yet. So we have the character that was attacked by the thing with another character trying to get it off. Uh, and in this case, he's trying to get it off at one point with a flamethrower. So I'm assuming <laughs> that this character with the, 
thing on his face was not a real person. If he was, I hope he got paid well. Yeah. So. Like really well. Yeah. (laughs) So out of the rec room, then we start getting to the assimilated part of the story and we go into a hallway and there's like a four legged humanoid creature who breaks through a hole in the wall, swipes at you, screeches, screams, that kind of thing. Um, Again, narrow hallway, not much room to move. And mostly, and since it's a four-legged human, obviously he's he's mostly moving from the waist up when he's grabbing at you. His legs are kind of planted where they are. From there, we enter the laboratory, and this is where the thing that was discovered is in what is, I don't the ice. What the heck would you call it? The the frozen part of where the thing is had escaped escaped from. It's like, it's like the remnants of where it had popped out of. I, I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Yeah. So that's still there. So it's like the origin of where the creature was, but now it's already gone and too late. And there's more uh, assimilation here and there. More people panicking, screaming, and running for their lives and whatnot. Uh, from there we get into the kitchen and we get now the even grown more growing or thing or even part of the thing bursting through the double doors. And there's a character from the opposite and trying to shoot at it with the pistol. So you got like the, the character character face off, which those are fun too. I've had that in Halloween, had it in aliens versus predator and other ones. So a little bit of a scene, actually that was the opening scene to, uh, Ash versus evil dead. I just realized as well. So there's another <laughs> example of what we're seeing here. So from there, uh, we go into the comm room, and there's a partially assimilated character that is freaking out over the situation. He ends up slitting his own throat, which was a very unexpected and cool effect for his character. Yeah, I agree. That was um, not expected at all. Even after what I had seen for the rest of the night where I was thinking there, there can't really be anything else, right? <laughs> there, there's nothing. No, no, we're going to have somebody cut his own throat. Right. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So then we go into the storage room where everything was originally brought in, and we get the uh, uh, this uh, character is on the ground firing a shotgun up in the air, and you see up in the ceiling is the kind of complete thing now about to take over the entire building, or or I guess in a sense has at this point is assimilated just about everybody else. Then you exit through a hallway, and that's where we get the crashed UFO that brought the thing and almost the same presentation that it was in the movie. And that's one more final encounter with the thing as you walk out. So a good movie adaptation, but a, such a strong year of original properties, I largely forgettable for me because I could tell you more about Forsaken Nightingales, HR Blood and Guts, Saws and Steam for hours and before I can start recalling too many details of the thing. Yep, me too. Um, I, we came out of that one and it's like, oh, I'm right. It's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. You know, um, not bad. Just it well, you know, walked you through the movie nicely and all that stuff. Also, wasn't that scary? I didn't think. Uh, then again, I could have been sensory overload and nothing was going to scare me anymore. But who knows? <laughs> I think I agree. I don't think it was as that's as scary as some of the stuff we saw because I think it was going more for bringing the movie off the screen into the house, which it which it did. And yeah, I mean it's it's nothing for you. It was new, but it was it's that we've seen many properties up to this point. So it was it was okay. It, it was okay. That's that's the best way to say it. And it's not the 
original thing too. It's the remake, which is I don't think I had even seen it yet before this house because I tend when it comes to those types of movies, especially the classic horror, especially John Carpenter, and the remakes don't really interest me. So anything that was no. that was like screen super screen accurate was unfortunately probably lost on me. Yeah. And I don't think I I didn't don't think I'd even when I saw it as the thing, I'm like, oh, that's an old movie. And you were like, no, I think it's the remake. And I'm like, there's a remake. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think I'd actually even seen it or heard of it. That leads us to, I think, our final night of the house or final final house of the night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even as I said it, as I was saying, something's wrong. You you missed (laughs) something up there. Yes, you final house of the up, night. Son. What's that? You done fucked up, son? <laughs> yeah. So, HR Blood and Guts presents horror, Holiday of Horror. Holidays of Horror. I'll get that right eventually here. HR Blood and Guts. <laughs> legendary house. Like, this was the sleeper house, I think, in 2011. It's like, on the surface, you didn't know what it was. But then when you start getting information on it, you're like, okay, it's based after the old campy midnight movie matinee host that go nuts and he takes over the studio. This, this is, this is legendary. And Karen, even though you haven't seen this, you've seen HR blood and guts in the, those best of presentation videos waiting outside the houses. This is a guy that looks like a mixture between Sven Gali and I don't don't know. Another, just a, a version of Sven Gali, a little older, a little, little, little bigger. But uh, the dark eye makeup and the the Dracula coat or uh, cape. So we start off with this is in a disaster cube, by the way, which is now gone forever, unfortunately. So we won't have another house here. So we start off by entering the WKNB Channel Twenty One station with the HR Blood and Guts Studio, where HR Blood and Guts is torturing his producer while welcoming us to his final broadcast. So even though. <laughs> He's in the midst of torturing his old boss. He's very happy that we're joining him that night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. So now what we're getting into, if you didn't get it from the name, Holidays of Horror, each room is a holiday special for the HR Blood and Gut show. And the first one we go to is Valentine's Day. And it's decorated with a ton of off-the-shelf Valentine's Day party decorations with the addition of a severed party parts (laughs) with arrows sticking out of the hearts. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this, this, this is, was a, this was a really tongue in cheek maze. Like uh, there were some jump scares if you got the timing right. But for the most part, this was just, this was just a very fun maze. Yeah. Yep. So next room, 4th of July more. In fact, I'll just say it now. Everything is store bought looking decorations. Cause that's the point of this. It's a low budget TV station. So you, along with right. the decorations, you got to create a fireworks. You get a whiff of black powder in the air. So it's very good scent uh device there you know much <laughs> black powder not the greatest smell way better than the vomit though oh, an exorcist yeah. i'll tell you that <laughs> oh yeah anything would be better than that yeah. <laughs> so, oh. so a lot because just... <laughs> with that black black powder smell you have a corpse there with a giant firework that went off in his mouth and all the aftermath that came with it presumably one of the people that worked on his show. You also get a, kind of a zombieist uncle Sam popping up in different areas of the room, or at least a crazy uncle Sam. Maybe it's a better way to say it. 
Yeah. Yep. Insane Uncle Sam. <laughs> yep. So, so out of the 4th of July into the Easter room. So, this isn't calendar accurate, but that's okay. And you have giant piles of Easter basket grass, which and you have the, the, the those are actually characters in costume. So instead of like the the camo nets, it's like they adapted the camo nets and covered them with with the basket grass, which is awesome. That's such a creative way to make a character costume. <laughs> yep, yep. And of course, at the end of this room, you're greeted by an evil giant bloodied Easter bunny as he chases you out. Oh. That fucking bunny was really creepy, dude. <laughs> so then you go into Arbor Day, which is like, okay, that's an interesting holiday, but this might be, they really went for it with this because you have a girl that has, a, that is like taking a saw from a man that was in the woods that was going to cut down a tree and she's sawing him in half in the middle of the woods. And this also probably had the most characters popping out of the giant trees in this room because they had so many things to hide behind. So even though it's a very strange day to pick for the holiday, it was probably the one that they went for best and probably pulled off the best. I thought, uh, I think Thanksgiving was still my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Why? Yeah. So from there, we go to St. Patrick's day and you get a big old pot of gold in the center of the room and a lot of places for evil leprechauns jump out at you at different places, which they did. We went yeah. from from there to President's Day, and this was made up like the Oval Office, and this did have a zombie Lincoln and a zombie George Washington that came out from the different corners. So there was was a zombie presence of sorts. Now we get into the one Quint like Thanksgiving Day, and we have Grandma stuck in the turkey roaster, and on the <laughs> so Grandma stuck in the in the turkey roaster pan on the table. Pilgrims and Indians jump out of the corners. And I know Quint liked the Indians most because they were, they had, they had, of course, the, I don't know that they had any men Indians because the woman Indian was the one that I know caught Quint's eye and he pointed out to me. And of, and of course, then caught my eye as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was birdie. <laughs> yeah, she <was>. <laughs> <laughs> then we go in the last holiday and of course, it's got to be Christmas. And this room is, is the, the fireplace with the Christmas tree. Santa being <laughs> run over by like decimated by elves and their toy machine guns. Mrs. Claus, she's also dead. And she was strangled by a string of Christmas lights. Around the corner is the uh the the, the head from the decapitated Santa Claus and his body was you get a better look at his body. It's riddled with bullet holes. And then the final, the actual final room, that was the final holiday room, but the final room, you have a TV screen of HR blood and got signing off for his final TV appearances. And as he does, he cuts his executive producer's throat for good measure. So that was the HR blood and guts <laughs> house. This is one, this is one of the most, I think infamous houses that I would like to see <laughs> them take on again and kind of ramp up a little bit more because it was a lot of fun. It was like, you know, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of scary, right? But, oh God, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. shit. Just, and this, we, we weren't expecting much when we were in the queue. Well, we weren't in the queue for very long, but when we were queuing up for it, it was like, eh, okay, it's a holiday thing. It's like, eh, whatever. But then we got into it and it was just like, oh my God, they just, they just went completely bonkers <laughs> and it was worth every minute we spent. <laughs> Now, this is what I talk about the half house being in 25 because they 
we were told, I think it was me and Karen's unmasking tour. We were told that the freezer scene in Jack's 25, those decorated for Christmas with the pantless Santa Claus was partly HR blood and guts, partly meaty meats. But that's wrong yeah. because the pantless Santa Claus is from Psycho Scarabee home for the holidays. I think the Christmas decorations were so general that I don't think you can pinpoint that as from this story. Maybe it's from the collection of decorations physically from that house. But this this particular Christmas, I do not think was that that the pantless Santa Claus in the meat freezer scene in 25. So I'm saying half because of the information I was given, but I don't think that's accurate. I think it was meaty meats versus uh, uh, mashed up with psycho scarpy home for the holidays. That makes sense. Um, I don't have a, I don't really have a dog in the fight, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I know meaty meats <laughs> is not the name. So that correction I'll take. Cause I can't think of it on top of my head. Oh yeah. That's um, shit. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was quids. That was a hell of an introduction to Halloween Horror Nights. For waiting yeah. so long, it's a pretty damn good year to actually bring you in. <laughs> and I think um, I didn't really realize it until we we started. I started prepping for this show. Is that that I think that's why I still have a, a really just. Um, I prefer the the original mazes because when I. The first one I went to was almost all original mazes, and they were almost all really good original mazes. There was there's not really a dud in these no. at all. I mean, there's some that are better than others, obviously, but um, but you know, going to a, a Halloween Horror Nights that has the Forsaken, Saws and Steam, and Nightingales all in one your first Halloween Horror Nights is like that's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> it is, yeah. Leave it the cleaver there, so oh, yes. everyone can stop typing. <laughs> so we didn't do this there's no actually there's no well i guess there is a reason for us to do it we did not do it our last episode but now that karen's here and hasn't experienced it at 21 what would our Wayback machine picks be for the houses oh fuck yeah, yeah right <laughs> i'll start letting you guys think about it and i will say it was a dead three-way tie between Saws and Steam, The Forsaken, and I was going to say Nightingales, but shit, four-way tie between Nose and HR Blood and Guts. But I think, I think because of the reverence I have for it and wish more than any of these properties, this was would be the one to come back. I'm going to say I would love to walk through Saws and Steam one more time. Yeah, that's <sighs> the one that I had picked. Oh, wow. Okay. Saws and Steam. Yeah, that sounds just, that one sounds nice and awesome. <laughs> It's probably ah uh, fuck, but the Forsaken was so good. <laughs> I know, right? It's a tough one. Like, for, I mean, I can't go, I can't not go Sazenstein because it was my first maze, and it was, it, you know, it left that imprint, and it was like, it was the you're not in Kansas anymore total moment for me. So definitely <laughs> Sazenstein, but but yeah, it's it's a hard pick, especially with with Nightingales and Forsaken. Yeah. It's almost a not fair pick. I know it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> for all the shit 21 gets, and I think it gets it most for Lady Luck, which we'll talk about in the next episode. For all the shit it gets, it's a fucking awesome year. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's like, it's one that I hear a lot of people say was their first year. A lot of people that I hear uh, uh, different 
uh, vloggers, different guests on podcasts, and not everybody. It's a that it, that's obviously not going to be the case. But it's a year I hear come up more than any other. It's like some will say twenty, some will say eighteen, some will say one or two, but I hear twenty one more for some reason. So twenty one was like a big year in a lot of ways. I think. And I, I think walking through the houses now, now putting the notes together, I was getting excited doing the houses, but now talking about them again, I was really maybe excited and really remember how fucking awesome 21 was. I, yeah, I, I mean, it, just look at the list of mazes. There's, there's not a miss. Yeah. The thing you would know? be like the only one that if I couldn't get to, I'd be okay. Right. Right. All the, all of the other ones were amazing. Yeah. Like winter's night was gorgeous. It was awesome uh great original property great great creepy you know uh cemetery stuff all great stuff blood and guts was uh, was fun night i mean we've talked about all this stuff and it's all really really good maybe maybe the in between would be the next one i'd probably drop off okay. the list but yeah. that's pushing it it's tough <laughs> <laughs> It is tough. No, I mean, there were weak parts of this year. Obviously, the Bill and Ted show was not a strong Bill and Ted show. This is true, um, too. Yes, which I have already what forgotten we're, about. We're, what we're talking about in our next episode was problematic. Um, you know, some of the scare zones were just okay for scare zones. Um, but by and large, this was a great year. Yep. What's the What's the way back for scare zones? Well, I can go first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, acid assault. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, it was that was just one of the most amazing scare zones ever. I think um, the the technical aspects, the the characters, the melting faces, the like all of that stuff was just yeah, that that scare zone was great. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that too. Um, I would say my second, and as a caveat to it, which is why it isn't my first, would be all the versions of seven. Make sure I get to yeah. see those all in sequence. But if I can't, if I can only go one visit, I would, yeah, it would be acid assault as well. I think. Yeah. I liked seven as well. Um, Canyon of dark souls was, was a, was a cool look too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, anytime you get introduced to a new aspect, <laughs> it's always cool. True. Yeah. Well, you Karen. I'd have to go with acid assault also. Okay. Yeah. I always like melting faces. And stuff. <laughs> that one's a little easier than it's the houses. It's a good choice. Yeah. 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 That one's a lot. Well, I, to me, it's a lot easier than the houses. Yeah. All right. Acid assault was it's a really good, good time. Yep. All right. I think that wraps up this one. We have one more episode to cover 21. We're going to talk about Lady Luck and how she actually, her story is Halloween Horror Nights 21. And maybe why that might not have worked. So, but we'll talk about that next episode. So until then, I will thank you for listening. I want to thank our new Patreon supporters because we just mentioned we had a Patreon our last release episode and we got quite a few names I recognize from our interactions on social media. So thank you for that. And with that, Quint and I have put out a special episode, a Patreon exclusive episode talking about the postcards that were released for um dead exposure patient zero and we'll probably continue to put out shows like that we want to find something that we is is a good discussion but is not withholding any news from anybody because we want to make sure everybody that anything has to do with the event that's going on or the history of the event that everyone can hear that this seemed like something that if it was it was a good discussion but doesn't isn't necessarily news that 
like I said, keeping from anybody. So that's online if you haven't checked it out already. And if you want to learn more about that Patreon page that we have, it's Patreon slash, or no, patreon.com slash neosads. So I want to thank Karen and Quinn, of course, for joining me this week. Sure thing. Long time. <laughs> and, and I reiterate the thank you to any of our Patreon supporters. It's very, very helpful for us. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. So, all right. Thank you one more time for listening, and we'll see you in that next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.